This episode's guest is Paul Kilgannon. Paul is a coach and athlete mentor, author and creator of the Carver Coaching Framework, which is used internationally across a number of sports and industries. He helps people build their coaching world and consults with sporting organizations and clubs, as well as corporate entities in the area of creating, learning and performance environments. He has a particular interest in youth sports coaching and has spent his adult life coaching across all ages. Paul believes strongly in a positive, holistic approach to coaching in sport, developing both the person and the athlete. He believes lessons learned in sport can and must positively contribute to all areas of life. Paul espouses coach development as the single most important agent for change in sport and all performance domains. Through his Carver framework, he provides a consultancy service and a variety of coaching workshops to coaches, athletes, teams, clubs, and organizations across numerous sports and beyond. On this episode, Paul and I discuss Paul's background and work, human behavior, Paul's biggest influences, the genesis of Paul's Carver Coaching Framework, at what age can the Carver Coaching Framework be introduced, we discuss the benefits of journaling, what's next for Paul and Carver Coaching, how would Paul restructure coaching development in Ireland, how does Paul learn, If Paul could spend a week learning from five people, dead or alive, who would he choose and why? And finally, where can people find out more about Paul and his amazing work? Guys, this was a great discussion with Paul, and I hope you really enjoy the show. So, Paul, great to meet you. Really appreciate you coming up to Dublin. Uh, Thank you, Robbie. Thanks for having me here. So, uh, this is actually a little bit of... um, Usually, because when I go into interviews, I, I know a little bit more about the background of a person now. I've, I've come across a bit of your work, but so far, the bit that we spoke about even before we hopped on here, it's, uh, it's, it's been very, very intriguing. So not only for the people who are listening to this and for anyone who's going to watch this, but just tell us more about you, who you are, your background, where you're from, and kind of what's led you to where you are right now today. Um, yeah. I am somebody who would have had uh, become aware of things sooner than those that were probably in my, around me. So I would always have been, mm. you know, uh, attracted to things that maybe others around me wouldn't have been. So I, I got attracted to coaching and I suppose human performance and that whole concept very early. Um, I think I started at about 16, 17. No real background family-wise or anything. Um, I was probably lucky in a way in that I was initially very successful in coaching. By successful, I would have meant the teams I had won early. Mm. Um, no, they were they were very talented teams, and um, and obviously that being young uh, and immature and underdeveloped as a person, I would say at that stage, you know it kind of drove the ego so you wanted to know a little bit more uh, and uh, you know you're associated there winning with your coaching uh, and uh, I suppose I from that that would have given me like you know that would have been like a trampoline a boost to to, to get me into it and then the further I got into it I think before we started I, I got into obscure things uh, Ian King different Charles Pollock and stuff around yeah, coaching yeah. no one in my circle would have been interested in any of that but my coaching was largely rooted in where I was from community and uh, just trying to strive I was lucky in that I, I probably got out of my own way early on the EO probably 
put a lot of that to rest early and then started really looking at learning how could I do this better words would have <clears throat> listening and peep the way people explain things would have set me aside and I, 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 I'm a big believer in how we articulate things uh, so get better learn, get better mentor mind words create images and images create action so I would have got really really into that then at 21 22 I decided to become a primary school teacher probably off the back of what I was doing in um, coaching, people say, oh, you, you're good kids, you're good, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, so went into that. Um, on reflection, um, that was such a huge grounding in, in, in understanding environment. Mm. Um, and the feedback I would have gotten from, from kids, parents, you know, I don't think I was the best uh, academic teacher, and I know I wasn't. But I was pretty good at, at uh, connecting with, with people and connecting them into what we were trying to do. If it was to be into the environment or wanting to be there. And then from that emotion or whatever, great things would have came. And uh, then as I went on and on, I started tying it more to the coaching. And yeah, eventually the coaching became probably bigger than the teaching. And uh, then I started writing a book. And I was asked a couple of times to talk to coaches uh, and that would have been, um, I was always coaching up adults, you know, all that stuff. And then I was asked to work with coaches and uh, I didn't even know such a thing as coach development really existed. So in many ways, my strength was my weakness and my weakness was my strength. Yeah. I, I was unaware of a lot of these things. Um, but then when I started working with coaches, I realized that uh, their lens on coaching was just too narrow and that I couldn't help them until I broadened that perspective. Okay. So I started trying to pull together a framework where they would be able to uh, view coaching from many different perspectives mm. and uh, that holistic piece on coaching. And then I started crafting a framework and that could help them understand the power potential and scope of coaching. And then that led to a book. Uh, and I wrote that, that book as a coaching children in sport even though it really was a framework which was going to be really universal age domain it didn't really matter it was, yeah, yeah. It was a kind of a, a philosophical kind of a theory on how to create a coaching world and practice continuous improvement so that was called the Carver framework that was the first book and then you know once you get something out in the world it brings you different places so that's evolved ever since. So I'm on career break from teaching. I'm working full-time self-employed as coach developer. I've written a number of books now at this stage. I have a number coming. Uh, it all probably falls in under the Carver Coaching Framework, uh, the kind of Carver Coaching and Performance. It, it's a big world. Uh, you're literally trying to help people, help other people, and then you're trying to help certain people help themselves. And whether it be coaches or athletes, it's it's principles, so methods are many, principles a few. And trying to simplify something without oversimplifying it is really yeah. what I'm at. So trying to get to the core, I think people have a narrow lens on what's co what's coaching and it's it's limiting and it's limited and it's it's limiting their uh, ability to coach because they think it's probably training when it's it's a lot bigger than that. Yeah. And uh, so that's it. Um, now it, it's hugely varied it's across diff 15 sports I've worked across it's uh, writing journals for athletes for teams to use it's working with teams building teams it's working with coaches it's working across different domains builders engineers you name it teams uh, 
environment is a silent hand of behavior. So understanding how the environment will influence uh, the individual's behavior mm. and then understanding the influence we all have on an environment and how we can, uh, I suppose, challenge and assist people with what is coaching. Yeah, yeah. well, you're speaking my language because human behavior and interactions between environments and organisms uh, is an area that I'm very passionate about. So. A lot of what you touched on there definitely resonates with me. And I have a really interesting story on that, and I share it often when I talk to coaches because it's a tangible thing. Um, when I was uh, teaching, uh, the school was part of a, um, an initiative for hot food in schools. Mm. So they were trying to bring this in across all of Ireland at the time, and everyone was getting free food. And uh, I was on yard, kind of, you know, would be on yard duty, uh, and they'd eat before they'd go out. And, one day I walked into two classes, the same stream, so the same age level, and one was opposite the other in the corridor. And I walked into one and everybody, bar two or three in one class was eating the food. And then I walked over to the other one and on the opposite corridor, there was very, very few eating the food. Mm-hmm. So we had the same kids from the same area, same social demographic, whatever. And in one room, the behavior was we eat our food. And then in the other room, the behavior was, well, we don't eat our food. So I thought, wow, wasn't that a really interesting thing? And I said, why is that? And so what I observed was in the room where they were eating their food, there was an assistant uh, who, SNA, special needs assistant, who was obviously encouraging people to eat, was obviously helping people to eat, was obviously bigging up this wheat or our dinner here, or in the other environment, there wasn't that influence and there might have been a popular child who said, oh, this is nice or whatever. So within a corridor, the behaviors were completely different. So I found that often interesting. So that that, that kind of environment, the more you look at it, it's like, how can we create an environment where the behaviors are contagious? Um, So now there's challenge and assist and there's expertise in it you know like the the lady that was helping them she might be cutting it up and she might be encouraging and she might see someone you know so that type of thing that's where i'm coming from with it um how can we educate inspire and entertain is is three parts of coaching yeah great stuff so you have a number of books um and they're phenomenal resources but before we get into that something i just i always love to ask anyone who ever interview is their influences. So you mentioned a few names there. You mentioned Inkane, Poliquin, Ferngambetta, but just in terms of the biggest influences, both in your life, personally and professionally, who would you who would you say they've been? Yeah, I suppose many of the influences you might have never met, you know, and uh, like Wooden would have someone that would have resonated with me early on. John Wooden. John Wooden, yeah. yeah, would have really, his things would have really, pyramid of success I created my own 15 foundation stones of a team yeah. uh, so 15 positions in our sport 15 foundation stones of a team we used to teach them out that concept um, but there's so many people um, anyone who's striving to do better um, support and encouragement is massive Yeah. Uh, because uh, striving to achieve is really hard so writing a book is really hard so anyone that can encourage you um, there any number of people that would have really helped me I'd always go back to David Morris he's the mm. Currafin coach um, originally he was a great champion of my work and kept telling me at the time this is good stuff keep driving it on um, in my own club there would be a lot of people that would have 
you know, really, Martin Fahey's our chairman, he would have really supported me. Loads of people, lots of people would have been with me since day one of my yeah, coaching. Yeah. Owen Welch has probably been 15 years with me on and off. Different people. Um, I find that it's hard. So anyone that encourages you or supports you in any way, then outside influences, like these people that just opened my mind that there was something. So that even in my own framework, uh, the awareness element is of the power and potential and scope of coaching. Mm. So if you don't know what you don't know, then you can't know. And if you do know what you don't know, then you might know. So uh, reading people and that would have uh, just opened my awareness of what was coaching and uh, led me to different things. So multiple, now lots of people, Lee Morgan would be a, uh, you yeah. know, a guy that, 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 that uh, you know, has come into my life that's really helped me with it. Uh, Giles Warrington of late is a guy, he's the head of sports science in UL. He's a guy that's really came in, really helped me. Um, loads of people, I just find, and it's a message I always use for coaches, encourage and support. Yeah. This is tough. Anyone who's trying to achieve anything, there is no effort without failure and there is no effort without discomfort. And anyone who's trying to support anybody in any endeavour, encouragement is is just a powerful thing. So I would be acutely attuned to, uh, I was actually writing a piece this morning on the concept of support and encouragement. Uh, so I would be acutely attuned to anyone who supports my work in any way, mm. because momentum is key. Someone to push on and say, you're doing well. Paddy Butler would have, when I brought out the book originally, would have been great to me. The first book, you know, he said, this was great. And I would say, what about this? That's missing. He goes, no, it's, it's perfect. It is. It's yeah, perfect. Yeah. So people like that, older people like that would be, you know, and there's, there's so many, my wife, my pa- my, my, my father's dead for a while, but my, my mother, so many people that would help you. Uh, it's, it's tough. It's a tough game. Yeah. So um, the Carver Method, we've touched on it there briefly. And before we, we started our discussion here, I was trying to trying to get an insight of when that sort of eureka moment came into your mind to, to have this lovely acronym that covers these six areas. And as you said, these six areas and also have subcategories within them. So I think it'd be really good for the listeners and viewers to, to maybe you know talk more about this and um, each component of the cardboard method and, and the subcategory suit. So can you bring us through that? Yeah, okay. I'm- this will take a while because there's a bit to it and a lot of it was like I was in it's like walking through the fog yeah. and the more you walk the clearer it becomes so my challenge was to explain coaching to people uh, in a kind of conceptual framework okay. so I, w- I would have heard about this craft of coaching and everyone was on about it and, and then my father was a craftsman so I was I knew what craft was it was about visualising things for what they could be yeah, it was always seeing stuff in raw material. And my father would always say, oh, I can visualize it's finished, you know. And then I knew my father had loads of tools and I knew he had earned them tools by working and I knew he needed skills to use the tools. So this was something like the craft of coaching with prospective tools and skills. And then I would have heard Michelangelo talking about the angel David. And he would have said, well, I saw the angel in the stone and I carried until I set him free. So then I'm thinking, right, craft raw material, block of stone, masterpiece. And then there was the element of education, which the Latin word for educare, which, which was to draw out, which was to lead out. So 
literally coaching as we would have known in our areas about getting the best out of people. Mm. You know, it was very simple. So that kind of conceptual idea led me to say, now, Carver, all right, yeah, that's, that's, that's right, that's good. Perspective, tools and skills, craft. And then, you know, I had, like we all know, you, you know, connection is an important element. And then there was values and was another important element and reflection was another important element. And then awareness and then endorsing. So I, I came up with connection, awareness, research, values and visions, endorsing and reflection. So I had this, this idea and then I was, once I built the frame, it became easier to put in th- things. So eventually I was added so much that I, I said, right, there was about six or eight connections. The coach had to connect with the player. Mm. Now, those tools and skills in that area. Every area had tools and skills, right? Yeah, yeah. So if they could connect with the player, that would be, you know, accelerate that relationship, learn fast and then help them. Then they needed to connect the player to each other. So that unity piece, yeah. you know, Wooden would have said, we are many, but are we much? So connecting the players to each other, that social uh, socialization, that psychological safety, that belonging. Then the third piece was, well, we have to connect them to this game because love of the game will solve all. Mm. Then we want to connect them with here, where they're from, and then we wanted to connect them to their future here and in the game. So connecting to game, place, and future. And that was the third connection we'd have to build. Then if we were working with other people, like coaches, we'd have to connect there. So we'd have to connect with our other coaches. And then there was a few more little connections, but the final connection was with the parent, if we were coaching you. So there were five simple basic connections. And then the awareness was, well, we had coach awareness, and then we had player awareness. Because my definition of coaching is raising awareness. So there's three different awarenesses. We'll get into that in a minute. So my definition of coaching is raising awareness through challenge and assisting appropriately. Now, some people are really good at challenging, but they're not great at assisting. You know, some people aren't, are good at assisting, they're not great at challenging. So the three awarenesses for the coach was they had to know how well it could be done in order to chase excellence. Mm-hmm. So I was the awareness was the power and potential and scope of coaching, how well it could be done. That was the first awareness. I think there was, you know, the man that walks in the dark will not seek the light unless he knows it exists. So they had to know how well it could be done. Then there was the holistic nature of coaching. So it was the person-centered stuff. They had to be aware of the holistic nature. And then they had to have self-awareness because that's the greatest driver for change or excellence. So why do I coach? Why do I coach the way I do? How do I treat the weakest? All that stuff. So that was the three coach awarenesses. And then the three awarenesses we wanted in the player were they wanted to create an autonomous, self-managing player at the end of it, which was a self-aware. So we needed self-awareness. And if it is to be, it's up to me. You know, that yeah. piece. Then we wanted students of the game. So we wanted of game awareness. Mm. So we needed to know the skills we do call them the tools because we parallel this to craft and the athlete as well. So yeah. the, the, the tools, they needed to know the systems, the grammar of the game, how we could use these tools together. And then they needed principles which would over, you know, overarch how we could view the world, right? So that was the off-game awareness. And then we wanted really good decision makers in-game. So that was in-game awareness. And that was more your constraints-led approach, ecological dynamic stuff. So that was, yeah... And then the R was research. So what do I need to know? So they would have said, if you want to teach Latin to Johnny, you know, have to know Johnny and you have to know Latin. So what is the game or the subject of learning mm. and the subject of the sport? So we would have had, you know, Maslow stuff. You know, what does the environment, our self-determination, what does the environment need 
What's the role of mistakes? Who is Johnny? So where are they? Or, or Geraldine, whatever. What can nature, what can we expect from nature? And then we need to know, we'll say, the physical, the technical, the tactical, the mental and the lifestyle, because all the pillars need to be built, you know? So what do I need to know about physical? What do I need to know about tech tech? Can we influence the lifestyle? And can we build uh, mental skills? Mm. Now, we might need help in all that, but awareness is the greatest agent for change, Edgar Tolle. So I need to know what I need to know, and then I might need help. Then the V was values, which is very, very simple. You know, values would drive character. So values for the coach, and then characters would drive behaviours, which would lead skills, which would lead to performance. And then we wanted vision. So the vision for the coach, um, the vision for the player or the athlete, the vision for the team, the vision for the coaching team, the vision for the emotive state of which we want them to play in the game, the vision for how the game is played, that's your game model, a few more visions, you know, and then that would lead for a vision for a session. So your work should be a product of your own conclusions, mm. not just copy and paste or do a bit of that, because there's no congruence in that. Mm-hmm. So there must be congruence in your uh, philosophical approach to what plays out there. So the vision for the session then was session planning, but it was all dependent on everything that had gone on before. So the, the Carver frame was building up to this point. You know, you couldn't do any of it because the big gap I was seeing in coaches was they didn't know why they were doing what they were doing and it wasn't their own thing because they hadn't built the coaching world. So that was a phrase that I, I would have used. Then E was language and coaching. Now I needed an E to, to knit the, the thing. So I called it endorsing, but it was something that I had worked really well for me in, in teaching. Because uh, I had taught for four years, I taught infants in school. And if you notice bad things or misbehaviour in infants, you'll notice an awful lot. So, you know, because they're going to be misbehaving all the time. Not misbehaving, it's just they can't sit down and, you know what I mean? So you need to try and notice things and notice positive things. So I love the way you're sitting down, I love the way you're looking at me, you know. And I would have been influenced by, say, stuff like George Raveling used to say, well, 20 to 1 of my feedbacks are positive. And then Maureen Gaffney wrote a book, Flourishing, mm. 5 to 1. So I was saying, all right, we're trying to be positive, but we need to be specific. And can we praise the process? So in Ireland, we'd have a phrase, praise the act, not the child, you know. So endorsing was noticing something which would be directly linked to having built your coaching world. So the reticular activating system in the brain, if we built this world and we knew what was important, we could notice it a lot more. So the E was endorsing, so supporting good things. Like, so, nosing good in everyone, as much as we could. So, I love the way you move your feet. I love the short grip and the hurl. I love the way you, you tilted your body in the tackle. Or you expressed force. Or I love the way you anticipated. So, your literally feedback loop was specific, but it was positive. And then we could obviously, you know, coaching is about rupture and repair. So, we could obviously give, you know, more critique. But as much as we could, notice good things so that we could encourage and empower the player through specificity of praise. Then the reflection was, was really simple. As coach, if I built my world to get better faster, you know, John Dewey said, we don't learn from experience, we learn from reflecting on experience. So uh, that reflection, so building a simple, everything was about tools, got to build a reflection tool. 
So what was important, values they were important, raise awareness was important, uh, you know, the core skills are, you know, key coaching points or cues, all this stuff. So I had a 10 from 10 template. So 10 things I was trying to do well, mark myself out of 10. Mm. And then, you know, that was easy. That was coach reflection. Then we want a self-aware player, so we need reflection, so we need tools. That's why we would have ultimately gone into writing journals for players and we would have reflection tools. Then the coaching team would have built their world through a coaching charter. Uh, which we would have built early on in the connections. So always reflecting on that. And then, you know, as a, co- as a team, so the unity in the team piece, we would have a team charter as well early on in the year. So we'd always be reflecting on that. Okay. So they were the six elements. It was like a virtuous cycle where it just, uh, there was no end to it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and It's a feedback loop. Yeah. Well, and again, the more I got into it, the more I could refine it. So coaching experts know what's not important. You know, that's, the, I talked in about, you know, well, phrases would, would, would speak to me. So simplicity yields complexity. So, but yet we're mistaken simple and easy. Simple isn't easy, you know, and we're, we're mistaking simplifying, we're oversimplifying. Yeah. You know, simplicity is the highest form of complexity. So for me, this coaching frame framework, the Carver coaching framework allowed me to decipher what's not important. And then... It was about refining, refining, refining. A tool for every job. Yeah. Uh, productivity in our use of tools mm. and craft. And, uh, you know, I go back to my father, give him a door, give him his tools, and he'll, he'll hang it perfectly in a short piece of time because he's the right tools and he has the skills and he's the raw materials. But give it to somebody else, the same tools, the same door, they could butcher it. Like, so um, that craft. So it was always learning. It was like, this continues. And a lot of the time, I, some of my friends had started, or my, they became my coaching friends, really, were involved in multinational. So this concept of lean, agile, uh, continuous improvement. A lot of my coaching buddies, uh, Joe Kenny, Dave Morris, Damien Joyce, they were in multinationals, which was talking this language. Mm. So we were mashing it all up together in our own splendid isolation and our own uh, unknowingness of what was happening in this bigger world of coaching. So I, I would have gone back to my strength was my weakness, I, and but my weakness was kind of a strength. And that, that, that's kind of it. At what age do you, do you introduce this whole concept to? Like, so, like, I mean, can you take another 12 team and start to incorporate the Carver method or? So methods are many, but principles are few. So the principles, are the principles are the principles and I think we glamorise coaching I think we we uh, not glamorise it we make it to be something less tangible than what it is so if I look at connecting with a player mm. hello goodbye all the time every day five, six, seven I want to connect a team five, six, eights we are red we are white we are dynamite whatever it is mm. you know what I mean how do I raise awareness yeah. I ask questions yeah constraint to afford how do I do that it's the same concepts what do I need to know well you know child is seven or eight there is is there a window I don't know accelerated speed window maybe it's there sure let's let's do speed yeah yeah what is my job at eight if I'm coaching maybe in hurling it's to make the perfect C in the swing to get the counter step so no what do I value my values are very simple respect effort fun and compassion they're simple so what does fun look like today? What is effort? Can I notice effort? Respect of people. And then it's that simple. E, 
okay, when I'm with, with young kids, it's like, oh, um, I love the way you put the bottle in the in the cup or you yeah, put the bottle in the yeah. holder. Thank you for handing back the bib to me. Noticing, I love your new boots. Yeah, nice teamwork. I love the way you bounced. The game is played on the ground, on your feet. You normally, you see when they fall, they lie down and cry. Notice the guy that just gets up and keeps saying, the game is played on your feet. And then reflection is like, what do we learn today? So at six, it's there. Yeah, and at 46, yeah. it's never ending. Um, again, and we can get into this too. So the framework and the principles of it are applicable anywhere, in any domain. Its mm. performance is domain agnostic. It is, so the framework now has been written, co-written as a corporate coaching or a work kind okay. of a coaching yeah. framework because it works, it's simple. And a lot of the time now, with a lot of, we'll say, PhDs and everything, we're, more, we're learning more and more about less and less, you know. So the generalist is, is a good is a good, uh, good place to be, I, I, I think. So coaching is a generalist skill. Yeah. It's a generalist skill. Obviously, you might have domain-specific knowledge and depth in certain areas, which is fine. But in, in theory, it's a generalist. And coaching is generalist. That's about influence and encouraging. It's about challenge and assist. It's about raising awareness. Telling doesn't work. We know these things. How can I raise a sense of self-awareness in that engineer over there? How can I challenge them and assist them to make them feel autonomous, self-managing, self-determined, right? Competent, um, related, and autonomous. Autonomous. Yeah, yeah sorry. You know, when you're trying to think, that's the same stuff. So the methods are many, but the principles are really the same. Great. Yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, the second book then, be the best you can be in sport. What what was the driving factor behind that? Well, my coaching now is is largely with teenagers. You know, that's that's where I find myself uh, falling naturally. Um, what, why is that? Just to, not um, to derail it too much. I I have been in uh, I've been with adults a bit, and I find them adapted. I find it tough. Okay. I find a lot of it is it's it's performance. It's it's win lose. That's a very powerful word. Adapted. You find with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You know, I know what you mean. By yeah, that. yeah, it is. But we'll say if we look at physical, technical, tactical, mental, you know, and lifestyle, there are five key pillars, and a lot of the players we are uh, adults haven't been exposed to that uh, vocabulary, that grammar, and they haven't developed the skills in them areas. So um, I think sometimes in, in in adult coaching, you're responsible for everything and control or nothing. You know, uh, you know that's, <laughs> that's a great way for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So so. I did my time there, uh, um, and I think it can. I think my skills can be used as a generalist coach, a better at the teenage, because because my generalism can help. Now I help out now in the background with a bit, little bit of stuff with adults still, and I work with their coaches and I work with the team. So that's like, you know, part of my job. But my coaching, the volunteer coaching, is teenagers. I just think. Uh, I think when they get to 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, uh, you know, there's time, they have energy, they have interest, they have everything you want to develop something. And I've gone through probably five years of a cycle with a team at the minute. It's probably coming to an end because they're, they're cycling out of uh, youth sport. And uh, so the book thing basically was like, I was always looking, I always wanted to be able to give them things that they can help. Mm. And there was just, you know, a YouTube clip or, you know, so ultimately, then I says, I says, couldn't I just? And I had friends 
you know, they originally it was four or five. I'd say I'd ask them to write a bit about that, and I'd write a bit about this, and I'd write a lot of it, and we'd get in a few things. And then I just started that, which was like, and I wanted a guide for teenagers so they could start reading this book at 12 and not finished in 92. You know, I just wanted, you know, all the elements they would need. Then when I started, I would ask, you know, I'd ask, you know, I asked Tony Fox, can you do the athletics development stuff? Oh, I can do that, yeah, right pieces. Then I asked Dave Handley, can you do injury? Yeah, yeah, fine. Mike Dave, nutritionist friend of mine, he's, I said, Mike, can you write nutrition? Great. Dave Morris is a friend, can you write the analysis piece? Yeah, I can do that. And then it just grew and grew and grew. And ultimately, I had 54 people across sports science, uh, you know, Phil Kearney and skill acquisition, Ian Sherwin and UL, all them guys, are the academic guys, Brilliant. and with yeah. sports science, uh, Neil O'Toole, strength coach. So I asked, you know, and then we got some more kind of famous coaches, and then we got more kind of famous athletes and stuff across to tell their human story. So it was like, can we have the information and then the inspiration? And then it just grew and grew, and like ultimately, you know, I finished that book. I was, you know, I, I think we did a good job in it. And I think it can stand this test of time. And I think it can help a lot of people. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes we are, uh, we are captive or a hostage to our, where we're from. You know, so if you don't have them influences in your direct environment, can we provide resources which can help you? Or, you know, you know, um, see the bigger picture and, and help you help yourself really is what we're you know, self-help is that what they call it so that book was just written uh, as that to be an ultimate guide and I tried to break it into three play parts one was kind of like um, kind of like you know character why play sport learning habits you know and then a bit of like you know deliberate practice stuff and all that then we had sports science in the middle which was physical maturation uh, athletic speed John Dugan wrote speed he's a lecturer in AIT, I think they call it now, or I don't know what they call it. Uh, strength training and nutrition. And then the, the last piece was more about like lifestyle, and time, energy management, school, Great. all that stuff, diversity, um, setbacks, loads of stuff. So yeah. it, like you try, like it was five, is it 400 pages? I don't know what it is. It's, it's a lot. It's heavy. Yeah, uh, it is. It and is. it's designed for uh, to be read and reread. I would like to think that. Anything I would have written, it's um, designed to be reread, uh, yeah. not just uh, not just. Uh, I like the phrase you used there: information and inspiration. I yeah. think that's you know a very powerful way of putting it. Well, I think there's three there's three challenges. Um, if you want to influence a group, you know you have to educate a bit, you have to inspire a bit, and you have to entertain. They're the three challenges. Mm. Um, so whether it's coaching, whether it's dealing with coach, coaches, whatever, they're the three things. And um, I think like I think I could have got from Morgan. He said if you want to coach uh, anyone, there's three questions you have to ask for them. And he he's was, do you like me? No, I would have changed that to do you love me? Because Wooden would have said you don't have to like them all, but you have to love them all. Yeah. Right? I'd be so, a concurrent. Yeah, yeah. So do you love me? Can I trust you? And can you help me? They're the three questions we have to ask for anyone we're working with. So yeah. They're they're the three things, yeah, the three things. I like threes because I I talk about uh, an analogy I use for all performance is colour theory, which is red, yellow and blue. So in anything we're doing, there will be a a kind of a tangible red, yellow and blue. And if we get them right, the byproduct will be secondary colours. And if we mix a secondary and a primary, it will be a tertiary. So we'll have the whole palette. So in anything we're doing, I'm saying, what's red, yellow, blue? 
if you get these right, everything else will kind of happen. So uh, in coaching, you're looking at what's the red, yellow, blue here. You know, maybe don't, you know, there's certain things that are not important that will come as a byproduct. Hmm. They're not, you know, you know, they will come as a secondary. Yeah. They're, they're not the core. Yeah. So I go back to the phrase, experts know what's not important. It's, you know, they know why they're doing this and they know what will come of it. So that's the craft, you know. Yeah. That's Brilliant. So on the, the next evolution then in this whole journey that you're on is, is journaling. You've, you've really started to push this concept of, of journaling and, and how important it is in the, in the development of, of the player and the person. Yeah, I have. Um, and um, I've done it myself, so I would have, I would have, you know, I would have started with myself. And what got you into that? Um, hardship, you know, okay, yeah. um, trying to figure out lots of things. Um, you know, this crazy world and, you know, we would have read things and I actually remember meeting a guy about 20 years ago. He was an old American grey-haired man and he said to me, maybe it's more than 20 years ago, oh, I keep a journal every day. I journal for an hour every day. I remember thinking, oh, that's interesting. So I started doing that. I would have read like books and then I would have done the exercises in the books and, you know, so, so that was me. And then what I did in school was... With the kids, we used to do morning journaling. I got in when I was in school. I was over the social and personal health education of the school and the, the physical and mental health in school. That was kind of a role I had. So I would have always been acutely aware of that. And then in my class, we would, we would do this. It was like we had this. It was based off wooden things, right? We would have pyramids everywhere mm. of quotes, concepts. So every wall of these pyramids of... It could be like inuity their strength. So that could be the thought for the day. Yeah. And every morning they had their own journal and they'd come out and I'd say, all right, lads, which one we do this morning? I'd say it was in unity their strength and they would write it out, they'd decorate it. And some of them then would write, you know, where I can see unity or where, you know, you know. So we did that every morning. And what, what age would you do? Oh, they were, uh, they were fourth class. Like okay. 10, yeah, yeah. 10. You know, when the environment supports a behavior, you know, what we make important becomes important if we're trustworthy and believable, you know. So these these concepts. So then anyways, you know, uh, we test people in, in, in what do you know, what have you learned? So so we then in coaching, I'm bringing that same concept in. Do you actually know what we're talking about? Or am I just talking and nobody's learning? So, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's a big gap in coaching. I think, we, you know, I don't think we're, they're learning half fast enough. So we would have done simple, like in the framework, the Carver thing, we would have like reflection post-game, what worked well, what would the referee say about us today? You yeah. know, what would your opponent say about us? So we were working on that. And then I wanted this thing where if we talk about a coaching philosophy, right, which is a big thing, right, a coaching philosophy, you know, I value this and this is how I see that and this is, you know. And then I'm thinking to myself, why not have an athletic philosophy? Why don't the athletes have one? So... You know, I started saying, right, you know, what do you value as a player? And I would have been working one-to-one -one with players and helping and doing different stuff. And, you know, as a generalist, my, my work comes, whatever. So I would have always got players to say, you know, you know, what do you want to look like under pressure? You know, write that out. And we, mm. You know. So then the journal just, then I wanted to write a guide to help people journal. And I wrote that. It was a deep dive or a journey into journaling for the athlete. Um, and then I've 
written another one which is a continuous journal so it's 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 what underpins it is I'm trying to develop self-awareness in the player so if you look at the the uh, Jeff Dunman was it no who said megatrends your man said we are drowning in information but we are starved for knowledge mm-hmm. so we are now pushing more information on top of players or oh, ballistic warm-ups and maybe I'm getting all this stuff wrong but just play with me like game models and principles and SNC and sleep here and do all this but like that's information but how can they internalize it and make it usable yeah and a lot of time in coaching we're owning players performance we can't own the performance the only one that can learn and perform for them is themselves mm. so we then need to provide that tool that can help them so for me the simplest thing is journaling and then I want them to develop athletic uh philosophy or a kind of a credo or whatever you want to call it so there's maybe 10 things I'd like them to be clear on you know one would be you know why are you playing what do you value what type of teammate do you want to be uh, what's your personal truth around preparation you know uh, what's excellence define it um, yeah stuff like what is commitment define that what, define what success is for you once they get clear on that then everything becomes simple not easy but simple you know, what do you know for sure about performance? Preparation delivers success. Hard work isn't easy. Good players aren't lazy. Having them little things we know because most of the time when performance breaks down, it's a deviation from the fundamentals. Yeah. You know, we have deviated from what we know for sure. But the thing about what we know for sure is we haven't distilled it enough. So we need to distill all these things and therefore uh, simplify without oversimplifying, refine, and then everything becomes simple but not easy. Mm. so that journaling piece and now like I have a couple of journals written one is coming out in a week or two's time I, 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 a lot of this up until now has been all me and I know I'm getting a bit of help and that's great and I really value that but I've been commissioned to write journals for groups and teams and that stuff and that's probably going to come a bit more I, I'm hoping because I just see it's a huge piece for wellness well-being and performance mm. it's, it's the two so there has to be this marriage in the middle if we have a multidisciplinary team how can the player take on so you know where's the player in that mm. and the vision for the player is autonomous self-managing goal-oriented growth mindset so maybe this is a simple tool that can do all that what's next what's the next evolution for Paul and um, the Carver framework uh the next evolution is um, I, I say that and your four and, and the, the, you know your four books already out so <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah 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 yeah. so like um, the next evolution really is getting it to, to more people like I okay. I have been backwards and coming forwards because ultimately uh, I'm in a a place where I preach servant leadership you know I preach you know help people serve people so I would have I can't be self-serving in that would have been my theory at the start so uh, uh, and there's a humility to Irish people too uh, so mm-hmm. so um, now I need to get out of my own way and, and push this more um, in, in a way that's kind of true to what I want to be but at the same time you know I, I have to get it out to more so I started a newsletter uh, the corporate book is coming like the books are written you know you're only scratching the surface as regards what yeah. you could, where you could sell, what yeah. you could sell. I, I, I am confident uh, in the standard of my work 
And the more I got out there, the more I seen, yeah, this kind of does stand up. So yeah, trying to build it out. Uh, newsletter, more social media. Uh, I'm working in through um, corporate stuff now, uh, coaches. It's probably getting help around me, getting help around me. Um, I say this thing I'm building is a house, but I'm a block layer, and we don't have a house without the blocks, but the blocks aren't the house. Yeah. So I need plumbers and electricians and all these people to do these jobs to, to really make value out of my blocks, if yeah. you want to say that. And that's, that's what's coming. I'm, 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 I have two people helping me now, more than two, but two, and it's a gift and we're going to try and drive it on. And, and again, we're trying to build out this thing to be bigger, but we're trying to keep it true to what it's about. So even in beginning to manage my own little business, it's about being true to the carver and, uh, framework and of the, the principles of what we're trying to do. And then we are in the helping business, yeah? That's what we're in. Uh, and we can win that business if, we, if we're good. The entertainment business is, is another business. I don't think we'll ever win that one as regards helping coaches and that we can, we could maybe be shinier and we could maybe have, maybe associate ourselves with famous people and, but you know, mm. we'll probably never win that one. Not that it's a competition, but we can definitely do very well in helping people. So where the work will be going will be digitizing it, simplifying it, refining it um, into how we can help people. And uh, it's 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 a huge challenge. And, uh, if um, if you were given the role of coaching education yeah. across Ireland, yeah. would say in schools yeah. and in sports clubs, what like what would be that framework? What would that look like? Um, what what would be your hopes for that? Okay, so in, in an ideal utopia type yeah, world, yeah. I, I get the question because I I thought about it a lot. Um, well, you're the ideal person. I mean, you, you've, you've had two, like you've had a foot as a teacher, and then you've also had a foot in coaching. Yeah, and um, so we need to champion the coach. Okay. That's what we need. We need to make the coach the champion. Now, not in an egoic sense, but in a in a virtuous sense, right? So, if you look at any modern society that is really good on. on third level, you know, academia or whatever, the coaches or their teachers are lauded, they're respected, they're well paid. Yeah. We are, I would say, it would be develop our value of coaches. So we think currently mm. that anyone can coach. We think that you can, uh, it's not really a holistic practice. As a population, we think it's kind of like a training thing. We don't want to understand the power of potential. Now, I'm asking, how can you change that, right? How can you champion the coach? How can you really put them up on a pedestal so that they will pull themselves up, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. And I think that has to be a popular people. I think what I would be doing, if it was me, uh, I would be getting very, very famous and respected people to start talking about the, uh, the value of coaches and what coaches have done in their lives. And I would have a, I would have a massive campaign around that. And I would have a massive campaign around what is exceptional, acceptable and unacceptable. And I probably have famous people that would have influence that people would listen to talking about that. Mm. I, would, I would look for 10 people and I would give them the job of talking about the value of coaching. And they would have to be famous because people for people to listen. Yeah, yeah. So I would be looking at every sport in Ireland and be saying, your man is working as an IT consultant. It's a nice job. Can we pay him exactly what he's 
been paid there or whatever, and put them in talking about coaching and create that narrative around it. You know, I always say any club, we should put up a sign. So in wherever we pride ourselves in the quality of our coaching. Mm. You know, coach development is the best form of player development. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. But it is the club and organisation's challenge to educate its coaches. And that's hard because a lot of us don't know what we don't know. So we don't know what coaching is because we're experiential learners. We haven't experienced it done very well. Yeah. And so we've never built the coaching world. And the current coaching model is take uh, Robbie Coach out of his environment, get him to do a course somewhere else, right? Lots of people he doesn't know and then drop him back into his environment. Now he's coming back into his environment. He knows a bit more. Those around him haven't changed or learned, right? And now he's either going to be able to influence them though we can do this better or not. And if you can't influence them, then there's going to be friction. So that is, to me, the coach development model is a little bit um, wrong in that way. We need to change the environment of which where the coach is practicing. So we need to create environments which support good coaching practices. So we need to get into communities and espouse coaching and support coaches. Now, if we look how we support the player, in theory, sometimes better than other times, we bring them training three, four times a week mm. and we coach them, we help them. Look how we support the coach. Mm. We might send them to a coaching conference once a year. Yeah. And we expect yeah. that, you know. So again, my work keeps evolving and I would go into clubs and frame out, create a shared appreciation of what is good coach. We can't, until we're all talking about the same thing, we can't, we can't talk about it. You know, if I'm talking about a table, you know what I'm talking about. But if I'm talking across 150 coaches in a club, some of them think it's, you know, as simple as, you know, play a sweeper or don't play a sweeper. Others think it's, you know, about being nice to them. We have to establish a shared appreciation of it because then we can talk about it, then we can practice it. Then we have to establish the value of it, mm. the value of it. So I would have sat on round tables with doctors, surgeons, loads of people that, you know, obesity and all this stuff and they're all talking about it. And I said, and I'm always saying, if you've got coaching right, you would solve up, you know, sense of belonging, physical activity, all the sense of place, all that stuff. Coaching is a solution to most of societal problems. And so if I was the headman in Ireland a coach, it would be champion the coach. It would be establish a shared appreciation of what is coaching, how it can change and influence lives. And then it would be support the coach all the time. And then that would be the best form of player development. Mm, you know? Powerful stuff. It's powerful. That's, I like that phrase. It is powerful stuff. Yeah. It is powerful, powerful stuff. But we, at the minute, think it's easy. Yeah. How do you learn? What's your learning process? Which I think is a pretty pertinent question after all this amazing research and resources you just developed. I'm always intrigued of people's learning process, how they research, how they evolve, how they grow. Yeah, um, I am aware of, of uh, you know, Cal Newport's work on deep work and mm. productivity and, and, uh, and all that um, and uh, would try to implement some of them elements but I'm more generous I, 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 I am 
pulling things to, together yeah. and pulling pieces. And that's why I say, I, I kind of talk about, if you get your philosophical standpoint right, then everything is kind of simple because you can attach it. So I'm, I'm, it's like the reticular activating system. I would say my reticular activating system is, is so developed that I can see what I like and what I can use fast. You know, so how I learn a lot of reading, a lot of podcasts, um, and then um, noticing, noticing, and then I meet a lot of coaches. But originally it was uh, going beyond what was in front of my nose. That was the first place. Traveling, um, going to conferences, you know, um, that's how I learn. It's, uh, I have maybe four or five in my, my, my circle of people that can stimulate me coaching is improving. Yeah. Because now it's improving in that I'm getting people in my circle that maybe know about, a bit more about coaches, coaching. And now I probably know how to learn better from other people who mightn't even know about coaching. You know, that, that guy in the club who says very little but, you know, says the right thing, you know, at the right time. And that guy in the club that's more consistent and fairer, you know. So, yeah, you learn from everyone. I, I don't think it's an exact science. And again, it's probably a strength and a weakness. I like that phrase, my strength is my weakness, my weakness is my strength. Mm. So I would very much come back to this as I am a generalist. I am, I know a little about a lot and it's how I pull it together. Uh, and I think that's what coaching is too. I think that's what coaching is. I was always out of the loop of, of uh, academia and all that. I was always, uh, I didn't really know you that. Were infiltrated. Uh, <laughs> I just didn't really know it existed. I just... Yeah. Uh, I just didn't know. I didn't know what happened in UL and these places and, you know, um, TCU. You know, now I've become more aware of what happens in these places. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't know. Yeah. So uh, that outlier piece, or whatever you want to call it, literally it was a strength because I was basing it off craft, lean, agile. That's what I was basing it off. And I could remember then, like, thinking... You know, I remember, like, you know, you'd see KPI metrics. Oh, Jesus. I, I, not saying I came up with that, but I had done that myself. This yeah, has to make sense. Yeah, yeah. This makes sense. Oh, there's actually a thing over here. Session design, skill acquisition. So I was looking at how could I do better. It was probably based in teaching, you see. Yeah. You know, it was based in that. So, you know. Kind of, it's essentially going back to principles. Yeah, and principles, methods yeah, Versus yeah, methods, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, you know. How, how can we make this... Uh, you know, I would have used a very simple thing, you know, miscue analysis and reading, right? So if they can read, there's 100 words in the page. If they can't read 90 of them, it's too hard, right? You know, and then I would have seen easy reading makes reading easy, you know? Hmm. And then I would have said easy and interesting reading makes reading interesting and reading. And then I would have said, well, it's the same for the skill, you know? And then you would, you would see, you know, self-determination there, competence, appropriate challenge. And say, oh, yeah, sure, that's... So it's like, if it's, yeah. just, it's like a just a... It's a... It's just grounded in learning and grounded in behavior within environment. And then I would have gone into other sports where I didn't know, so I would have had to learn to. Um, yeah, that's, I could say rambling. It's, mm. It does not, uh, it does not, there's not a master plan. I, I wish, I'm trying to expose that to people now. I, uh, I think building a world, so I became very clear on my philosophical standpoints and then everything else became obvious. Just continue on from the, the topic of learning. If you could learn from five individuals for one week with each individual and these individuals now could be dead or alive, 
who these five people would be and, and why. If you can think of five, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. So if you only think of two or three, that's fine. Yeah. I, I used to ask people if you can invite five people to dinner yeah, dead yeah, or alive, yeah. but I think if you could spend time learning from someone. So five people you could learn from dead or alive. Yeah, I, I think, um, I think, um, I think Wooden would have to be one. I was thinking he'd be one. You know, uh, and again, he's very popular now. Um, yeah. An amazing man. Because it's very grounded. Yeah. You know, it's very, very grounded. So I think he would have to be one. Um, there's people that would be my friends that I'd be, you know, really yeah. interested in spending a week with. Um, you know, David Morris is, 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 a, is a really sharp coach. Corrafin, um, GA Insights, uh, who's a goal of hurling for a while, analysis and different stuff. I'd spend a week with him. Okay. And I've coached with him and we, you know, we're friends. So I'd spend a week with him. Um, Paul Kinnark, uh, you know, I, I'd be quite friendly with him too, uh, at a human level. I think it's more, uh, uh, we kind of realise the hardship of what we're at. Mm. Uh, we don't really talk a lot about coaching. Uh, we do, but not the technical. Because, I guess, yeah. You know, what they're at is, 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 is is, is sensitive stuff so you know I, I'd be fascinated by him and uh, but we don't talk that much about it <laughs> um, there's another guy that uh, he, I've kind of Joe Kenny uh, is, is a guy that he's a curfew coach now an amazing mind they would have come up with this Medtronic multinational kind of concept where they would have learned about that lean agile that continuous improvement and Joe is a buddy of mine and uh, so he's Joe Canning Joe Canny Joe Canny Canny I thought he was another no, Joe Canny no, no, Joe no. Canny Joe Canny uh, he is sharp these are ordinary people that have been yeah, my, yeah. my buddies and then if I'm going uh, out, out of that my, my friend Loop or my whatever um, um, I suppose you know again maybe it's a soft one but like maybe a Steve Kerr or maybe a maybe a your man Seahawks um, P. Carroll Carroll yeah mm. Carroll's energy is very interesting for me you know mm. he's doing a great job yeah, this season yeah he's he's his energy he's uh, his conviction in um, the ordinary I suppose and his understanding uh, you know he's with your man that does that podcast Michael Gervais yeah yeah, yeah, that, yeah that whole side of it that, that would be interesting again I often f- feel like a bit of an imposter because I don't watch a lot of sport Um and I don't go to a lot. I don't ha- literally have the time because uh, I'm so embedded in my own work and then my own coaching and then home. Uh, so I, I don't have a lot of extra time, you know. Um, there'd be five. Look, there's many more. There's many more. Um, coaching is an ordinary enough practice, you know. You know, And uh, the best make it simple. But that doesn't mean it's easy, you mm. know. Um, I'm, and, and it's tough. It's a tough practice. Mm. It's uh, until you really get on top of your own philosophy. And that's, you know, because it's continuously striving. Like it's, it's never ending. So there'd be five. Okay, I don't know what that type of answer is, but that's, no, that's, that's it's the great answer. Yeah. Where can people find out more about you and your work? And, and, and what, what do you have to offer? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a website, it's called carvercoachingframework.com. Everything is there, we're trying to make it better. Uh, you know, it's a continuous improvement model. Uh, 
we're always trying to make it better um, so there you can sign up to a newsletter I started a newsletter and I'm really trying to help people uh, obviously you know I'm, I'm trying to ultimately build a business but the business will be built, built, built off the back of many people I can help so we need to stay true to that mm. and when we lose that we're in bother uh, you have Twitter it's Carver underscore coaching I think Instagram is the same Carver underscore coaching and I'm very open to people ringing me or okay. chat or whatever I'm not uh, I'm uh, open to that I probably hope to learn more from them than they learn from me and uh, yeah I would say reach out and uh, yeah yeah give me a shout we'll figure something uh, I always say feel a revolution I, when I started this thing I wanted to start a revolution in coaching and I'm still trying to get at it so I'm understanding more as I'm trying to grow the business that you know we're trying to expand the influence of this thing and uh yeah, so yeah, you just get in touch. And, and I come back to this again, support, because I was writing about it this morning. You know, anyone that can support my work in any way, like I oh, just really appreciate it. Mm. And, and, and because they're my coach. They can support me and push me on a bit and book me to another level. Wow, so someone's listening to here. Any way you can support my work, I, I, I appreciate it. Um, we, I, we do a lot of stuff. Like There's a lot of stuff in it because it's so, it's so diverse. Coaching and performance is omnipresent. It's, it's always there. Yeah. You know, it's there. So there's a lot of stuff we can do. Part of my challenge has been, uh, like, people have come to me, with, could you do with this? And I'm saying, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that for you, no problem. And, like, uh, really, from a marketing perspective, it should be the other way around. We should be going to people saying, we can do this. But I don't know how, how that how that will play out. But, yeah. We it's all part of the process. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look what it is. And uh, I'm trying to sell without sleaze is that the phrase yeah, so we're trying to build this thing in in, in a, with a congruence to where it came from yeah well listen there's there's absolutely nothing sleazy about what you're doing it's, <laughs> and I mean that sincerely it's it's extremely powerful I think maybe it's everything you said today has resonated with me so much because it's where a lot of my mindset has been the last year in terms of my own evolution as a person as a coach in terms of you know, really trying to come up with good philosophies, principles and frameworks for youth in Ireland, because that's kind of where it's in my mindset's been. And I think your work is absolutely outstanding. It's, you know, powerful is the word. And from just one human being to another, I just want to say thank you so much for what you're doing. Jeez, man, thanks. Uh, right. Thank so, you. Um, that's all I have for you. If there's anything else you want to close up with, we can no, wrap it up here. Um, just the power of the influence is the message I want to get across. Your influence is, is, is huge. You're either making it better or you're making it worse. So Great. help people. Um, help people and support people. And uh, understand that there is no effort without failure. Brilliant. You know? All right. Well, right. Thanks so much. Appreciate thanks, that. Man. All right. Thank you.